Hi, campers. Happy March, everyone. It's officially our birthday month, and I'm so excited for our upcoming celebration, and I hope that you're excited to join us. So please, again, let me know if you have any ideas of how we can celebrate, and of course, we have a story for you today. You are currently listening to the newest episode of Campfire Adventures, and I'm your host, Dylan. We also have Lori here as our live audience. Hello, everyone. And the story that we have for you today is about witches. Specifically, the last witch in the UK to be tried under old laws. Now, with all that said, it's time for us to grab our drinks. We're chilling around the portable campfire, and it's time for us to get into this week's episode. Cheers. For this week's story, I'd like to introduce you all to a woman named Helen Duncan. Now, she was born in 1897 in the town of Callender, Scotland. And as she grew up, she realized that there was something unique about her, something special. And she realized that she had supernatural abilities. Now, it came in the form of being a medium and a clairvoyant. Do you know a lot about those things at all? Yes, I do. Do you want to say a little bit before I say what they are? Uh, no, you go ahead. And then, okay. I feel like I'll just ramble. Well, let me know if you think that you should add anything to what I say. For sure. So, just to do a quick dive into each of these terms, a clairvoyant is someone who's able to see things beyond what a regular person can. So, like spirits, sometimes that could be the future, and things like that. And then, as a medium, it's a person who's able to contact those spirits or paranormal entities. For example, we've talked about Lorraine Warren being one of those kind of people. And then also, if you've ever heard of Teresa Caputo, like she's the Long Island medium. She mm -hmm. made a whole business around that thing. So those are different versions and examples of people who can and would look like a medium. Did I get that on the nail on the head? Yeah. Okay. Anything you want to add? Not yet. Okay. Anyway, so back to Helen. So she grew her craft and decided that she'd travel around and use her gifts all around the U.K., her process was to start to perform a seance for whomever she was working with. And during that time, she would excrete an ectoplasm. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the term, don't worry because I got you. So it's basically like matter that comes out of the medium who's performing the seance. I wish you could see Lori's face. <laughs> uh... Because I was thinking when you were saying that, mm -hmm. when you are explaining it, as for all of us who grew up watching uh, Ghostbusters, yeah. we all know what ectoplasm is. Exactly that. So it comes out of the medium, and then it'll take the shape of a person or the entity being contacted by that medium, and the substance is able to take either partial or whole form of those beings. And when all is done, the ectoplasm goes back into the medium kind of thing. Right? so gross but yes i know what i was thinking about i was like like boogers <laughs> you know <laughs> i just keep picturing slimer and then oh, they no. made that slimer high c oh my gosh 
So this is all what Helen would do. And she would get a client, focus on connecting with whomever or whatever they were trying to get in contact with, and then use her abilities to just make it happen. And it's believed that people were able to talk with these projected ectoplasms that were coming from Helen. And you could allegedly even touch them, get a sense of closure. So to people, she was doing something that nobody was able to do. And she was able to do all this through her ability, which, I mean, to me, is even cool. There were even pictures of her taken in the 1920s of this whole process. And I've looked at the photos and, well... I'll show you real quick. Let me show you the photo real quick, and you let me know what you think. My goodness. <laughs> a photo taken. This is allegedly an ectoplasm that became a thing. What? What's that thing in front of her face? That's the being that she's creating through her ectoplasm. But, <clears throat> let me see. Uh, there's more. There's I guess for all the listeners out there, the picture looks like a kitten wrapped in a towel in her face. Yeah, like, when you look at them, it looks like a cloth that's like coming out of her face and there's like a puppet inside to me that's what this one looks that's like that's exactly what that looks like so i'll put the photos up online you know on the website for you all to tell whatever you think but when i saw that it just you know i know i'm chuckling a little bit but it made there's me laugh there's a kids show that had a puppet that looked just like that mr rogers <laughs> um oh god yeah i think that's the one yeah it, it just I don't know. So if it's more than that, like maybe this is like her like recreating her ectoplasm stuff. Like maybe she's like, this is what it would look like when I do it. And then they like snap photos and they were like, got her. So I have a really weird question. Okay. Where does the ectoplasm come out of? I think it comes out of her nose, I think, and her mouth. Okay. So... Thank you. Yep, you're welcome. Anyway, <laughs> so she'd do this process and the ectoplasm would come out and it just seemed like good. You know, they had these pictures and I'll put them up there so you can decide whether you like them or not. Anyway, so I'm reading all this. <laughs> What's wrong? <laughs> Why are you laughing? I just couldn't imagine. Some ectoplasm coming out of someone's nose and it takes the shape of some old-fashioned wooden puppet. Stop. And that little puppet looks like it has rouge on. I'm calling the cops. I'm calling the cops. Uh, anyway, so, you know, because... <laughs> So, um, we're gonna get back to it. So, um, <laughs> stop. They're just carrying it around. You're like, this is the ectoplasm that came out of my nose, and it looks well, like a beep marionette. Well, it comes so back. Like it comes. It, it comes back. So it's gone after your seance, and each thing is particular to the person that was asking and hiring her to do the thing. So anyway, I'm reading all this, and I'm like. You know, this is definitely pretty unique to figure out about yourself. I don't think a lot of people could do that. But then also it's like, well, if she's using her power for good, then I would pretty much be interested in maybe doing one of the processes. Like, I mean, that'd be kind of cool. Also, you know, you don't want to mess with magic and the other world. So maybe I wouldn't. But I think I would be like, well, that's cool. Like, if somebody is getting something out of it, then that's cool. Anyway, 
So not everyone was a fan of Helen's work, and there were laws implemented to protect people from witchcraft and fraudulent acts. And anything basically associated with those practices. And guess what? Helen herself wasn't immune from the quote-unquote justice. And during the 1930s, she had actually been fined for being a fraud. So that happened, but she continued to do her thing. Because that wasn't going to stop her. So cut to the 1940s. Uh, it was in 1941, Helen held a seance. And during this process, she actually contacted a spirit of a sailor from the HSM Barham, which was a ship out at sea. Now, during the 1940s, World War II was raging on. And so information at the time was pretty hush-hush about anything going on within the war and about these ships. And there would be no way that she would know anything unless she had contacted the spirit, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So she ends up talking to the spirit, and the soldier that she had in her ectoplasm form told her about how the HSM Barham actually had been sunk in the Mediterranean by a German submarine. And this information, like I said, she received hadn't been revealed to the public, and it wouldn't have been revealed for several months. So there was no way that she could have known this unless she talked to the sailor. Mm -hmm. And so the government, however, decided that if Helen was capable of receiving information this way, she became a liability to the country and for the war. And they needed to stop her before she got any more information of the war through these seances and maybe even potentially passing that along to somebody else. Wow. So in January of 1944, the police were sent to Helen's home and they arrested her and they brought her in to custody. So she was in the middle of a seance at the time and the police were unable to get rid of or even handle the ectoplasm that was coming out of her. Wow. Because like it's a supernatural entity thing coming out. So they went to the house and like, you're under arrest. We're here to arrest you. You're going to jail. <laughs> and she's in the middle of a seance. So they're like, quick put the ectoplasm back in and they basically had to wait until she finished Wow! and like brought her back in and then they like booked her. They're like, you're coming on in. So once it was good and done, she was put in jail and they were allegedly really nervous. Like I said, of Helen's abilities because she can share these secrets, you know, that the government had and was working on specifically. They were really nervous because they were getting ready for D-Day which was going to happen in June of 1944 at the time. Mm -hmm. So we're in January and they, I don't know why, zeroed in on her just because of what she was able to tell back in 1941. And so they were like, well, we need to just stop her from being able to, like, release any of our communication to anybody. So mm -hmm. I don't know that why they thought that she was going to sell these secrets to anybody. or well, even if she can make a lot of money. Well, yeah, but also she even had the potential because, from my understanding, she would have to talk to a recently deceased ghost or spirit. Mm -hmm. Like, it wouldn't just be... I don't know. Anyway, so they were just nervous and they threw her in jail and they wanted to keep her there, but they had to figure out like a way to do that. So they found this law that was known as the Witchcraft Act of 1735, and it hadn't been used for over 100 years. And wow. for some reason, it was still active, but it gave the courts the right to imprison Helen for about nine months and then charge her with fines. They went through a trial, which took seven days, and they were like, boom, done, put her in jail. And she tried to appeal the ruling, but got denied. So this Witchcraft Act of 1735, well, what is it? That's a great question. So initially, witchcraft and witches had haunted people for centuries. So initially, there was the Witchcraft Act of 1563, which made being a witch or practicing witchcraft a crime punishable by death. 
And during this time, a lot of women were persecuted, men and women, but mainly women, for crimes related to witchcraft. And witch hunting became a thing. And it just, it was a really crazy time. And it would take until they implemented the Witchcraft Act of 1735 for the laws to actually change and for them to get rid of the old act of 1563. So this is the one, once again, that they used to put Helen in jail. And basically, people could no longer accuse you of just being a witch or anything like that because they would be fined or imprisoned. But it did make it illegal for people to claim that they had magical abilities. And if... Like you did, you could be imprisoned or fined yourself. So Helen was a self-proclaimed medium and clairvoyant. So she went around saying that and they were like, well, you know, she said that she was a medium and a clairvoyant, so we can throw her in jail because that's the law. And even though we haven't used this law in a hundred years, it's still relevant because it's active. And that's what they used and they put her in jail. So she stayed in jail and then D-Day happened. And then she was kind of let out. I think it was in September at the time. So it was a little bit after D-Day was all done and said and whatever. And because a lot of the use was so old, they decided that they needed to replace it with a new one. This one became known as the Fraudulent Medium Act of 1951. This new law made it illegal to use your powers to deceive people and make a profit from it. So if it was proved you know, to have happened, then you could face a fine or imprisonment. So with the new law in place, Helen continued to practice her witchcraft because now it's illegal for people to accuse you. And then even if you're a self-proclaimed, you know, witchcraft magic user, like you're okay under the law, like you just can't be making a profit by being a fraud. And if you are proven to be a fraud, then you get that imprisonment and the fines. So you would think things are good. <laughs> but she ended up just practicing still and everything. The new law was out and she wasn't trying to deceive people because I think in her practice and what she had been saying, everything that she did was cool. But it would prove later that the police and the government weren't actually okay with her practicing what she did. They just still didn't sit well with them. And they continued to watch her, and it was in 1956 that the police once again broke into her home, and during one of her sentences, they tried to arrest her again for fraud. Only this time, they couldn't find proof to arrest her or implement any fines, so basically after they had broken in and disturbed the seance, they were like, okay, well, I guess we're good here, right? Well, it was five weeks after that incident that she actually died. And apparently that stigma of what happened in 1941 when she was imprisoned and things like that, it just plagued her and, like, bothered her up until her death, which was 14 years later. What so, did she die of? It didn't go into detail about what she died of. I mean, at that time in the 50s, she was in her, I would say, like, in her mid-50s because she was born in... What did I say, 97, 1897? Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So by the time that she was put in jail the first time, she was in her 40s, and by the time that they had broken in, she was about to be 60. Wow. Yeah, right? About to be 60, 87, 97, 07, 50. Yeah, 60. So she was older. I mean, they broke in. It was still, you know, 1900, so I guess she just died. But that stigma just stuck around, and it still plagued her even after she died. Like, she was incarcerated for being, you know, this magic user. But I think the argument was is that people weren't sure if she was genuinely, like, 
actually doing it or she was just a fraud because they were trying to claim that she was a fraud. Then they tried to claim that she duped people and all these different things. You know, she even got a fine for being a fraud. So her family to this day is fighting for her to actually have justice and for them to, like, get rid of all the charges of fraudulent things and try to clear her name kind of thing. And they actually have a website for her, which you can visit. It's HelenDuncan.org, and it just gives every detail of her life, the trials that she went through, and all that stuff that you can read up on. I visited the website. It's pretty cool. And then I also read that in an attempt to make up for her imprisonment, the town of Calendar actually was presented with a bronze statue of her, wow. which is pretty cool. But since, it's been moved to... A museum that's in Sterling, Scotland. So you can go to that museum and visit it there. And that is a story that I have of a witch known as Helen Duncan. Isn't that cool? That's I've never heard of a medium or a clairvoyant or whatever mm-hmm. that ever excreted ectoplasm. I know I well, that's thought it was silly. Yeah. Well, it's just funny. It's you know, and then you saw so the pictures. It's just strange, and then the pictures just make it so much more strange. But it's very interesting. Her story was interesting. Very much so. Well, and that's what made her unique because she was able to do those things. So people were actually able to, like, really get that closure with loved ones, with family members. And that's what made her thing different, you know. So she was really unique for what she did. Mm -hmm. And I think we did laugh. I I wasn't laughing at her. I was laughing at the process. It's so strange. But that's the thing is what's strange for us in this natural world is just... Regular old clairvoyancy medium, clairvoyant, you know, clairvoyant ectoplasm. Yeah, and it's not that I, like I said, I don't know that I would want to go through it because I just don't think that messing with those things sometimes is a good idea. But I, I mean, if she did it and she was using it for good, then what's the big deal? Depends on who you are. De- definitely. I mean, that was the thing because I guess there was another law that actually classified what they did as mediums and clairvoyancy as, like, a spiritual thing. So that's why mm-hmm. they were able to, like, still practice and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it was, I think, religious, too. Like, they were, like, trying to, like, under umbrella it under that kind of thing. So, I don't know. Her life was pretty crazy. And to see how they used, like, an over-100-year-old law to, like, stick it to her and, like, stop her. Like, I don't know. I feel like I would be more interested in being, like, you want to come, like, on and, like, tell us some things? Like, if you're hearing some... Business like that way you can keep an eye on her but not imprison her for, Mm -hmm. you know, like she might be able to see things that may benefit. But also it's been proven some time and time again. Like I listen to true crime all the time and sometimes they'll get like someone who can tell the future like a psychic or things like that. And they try to tell people like, oh, the body I see is here and there and there and there. It's just sometimes those supernatural things are questionable and not always accurate. I, I actually went many years ago to see a medium mm-hmm. in person, not for myself, but she was giving like a like a lecture at a place. And um, she, like people went there, it's crazy because people went there and like they, everyone gets seated at a seat that has a number. Mm-hmm. And then I think everyone got a ticket or maybe she, maybe the psychic got tickets and then Whatever number was pulled, if it matched your seat, you got to ask her a question, which out of the hundreds of people that was were there, it was like four or five people mm-hmm. that got to ask questions. And everyone that asked a question about a missing loved one or about something from the future, they were all blown away. The sad thing is that so many people were there 
with questions about missing family members and they held up big posters like signs mm. that was like so and so's missing she was my sister please tell me what happened and you know um she says that she tries not to do that because then she'll just it'll never end and she'll just be sitting there forever but she did answer a few questions for the people who did have posters i don't remember the outcome of those ones specifically but i she used to also appear on a show and she said someone was dead who was missing and then later the person wasn't dead and then when they questioned her about her abilities you know why would you say that and she she gave such a nice answer and she said um only god is right 100% of the time mm. and she goes and i'm maybe right 95% of the time and she goes remember i'm still human i'm not god only god is perfection yeah definitely i mean that's a good way to do it but it's also just like Sometimes I feel like these things are more comfort. So maybe her answers have since become more vague. It's like maybe they're not mm. dead, but they're just lost and I can't get to them. Mm. Because it's like you said, like think of all the persecution that she can go through for being wrong on those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And if you take her word as like gold, it's just like, like she said, she's still human. People are just human. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we can only give the best answers and advice. So, but isn't it crazy? It's crazy, but it's cool. Anyway, that's the story of Helen Duncan. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being a part of it. Thank I was super excited to find it. Yeah. Well, the birthday's coming up, so go ahead and keep looking out for that. We have some fun stuff planned, and I got a really cool gift idea if I can make it happen before the birthday comes up, so we'll figure that out. But with all that said, you reached the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to post stuff on the Instagram and Facebook at Campfire Adventures Podcast. And then the website will have source material, pictures of, you know, Helen Duncan and that process, which is at www.campfireadventurespodcast.com. But whether you listen to this in the morning or the evening, hope you have a good morning or a good evening. And with all that said, I'm going to say bye. So bye. Bye.